You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Jason Aponte, my guest today, joining me talking about all the latest storylines surrounding 49ers OTAs. We've seen some more of these guys on the field, more reports, more press conferences from Santa Clara. So we'll get into all the latest surrounding the 49ers. You can at me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Get involved in any mailbag shows that I do. If you have anything you want me to ask George Shahuri of PFF for tomorrow's program, hit me up there on Twitter at BD Peacock. And let's get on with today's guest, Jason Aponte. You know him from Twitter, Jason Aponte 2103, and uh, his YouTube channel. And uh, he's on with Grant Cohn. I saw that earlier today. What's up, 49? Which is always super fun. And actually, that was Jason Aponte's. Uh, I don't know if you heard that for a second. That was his <laughs> voice starting to play the autoplay on his uh, YouTube channel. It's at Jason Aponte, correct? Jason, is that is that yeah. the right name of your um, your YouTube channel? I've seen a couple of roundtables that you've done with some folks and, and breaking down the 49ers. And you're all over 49ers Twitter. And, and the folks requested that you appear with me here on Locked On 49ers. So uh, I'm glad to be chatting with you for the first time here. Yeah, honestly, Brian, like I was telling you before, this is a great thrill. You know, this is a this is a podcast that I look to for, you know, my information. And it, that's the top of 49er podcast land. So this is a great thrill for me, honestly, humbled, honored and, and happy to be here. And yeah, the YouTube channel is uh, just Jason Aponte. You guys can search that on YouTube. It pops up pretty quickly. A 49ers fan on the East Coast, too. We talked about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting. I always like asking people that aren't, you know, from California, the Bay Area or whatever, mm-hmm. how they became a 49ers fan. And there's 49ers fans everywhere. Like, I'm blown away by where some of my listeners are. And we're talking about mm-hmm. other countries and continents. And it's always really cool. But there's always a ton of 49ers fans that are in L.A. And you see it when you know, major league baseball playoffs. Come on. There's a bunch of Dodgers fans. Like, Oh, that feels dirty. Dodgers fans that are giant, that are, that are, that are 49ers fans too. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. as, as a guy that I grew up, you know, rooting for the San Francisco Giants. So it's just, it seems weird because that's such a, um, an opposite vibe for Giants fans, Dodgers fans. And then like the 49ers and you see it a lot with the NBA playoffs now and there's Warriors and, and Lakers going on. And there's a bunch of 49ers fans that are also Lakers fans. So it's always fascinating where fandom comes from and how people become 49ers fans in California. It's easier to see, but as a guy that's lived his whole life on the East coast, right? You're in New Jersey. How did that come about for you? Yeah, so it's 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 kind of conflicting. You know, I, I see a lot of people who are upset with Dodgers and 49ers fans. Can you imagine being a Yankee and 49er fan? That one is the, <laughs> that the, doesn't really elicit um, some great responses. But honestly, you know, the short story is my father, he went to Indiana University, University at the same time that Joe went to Notre Dame and basically just followed him all the way to San Francisco. I liked who my father liked. And there's a bunch of pictures of me in 84, 80, I believe it's 87 or 88, whenever the that one of those times that they were in the Super Bowl when I was like four years old running around in a Joe Montana jersey so I stuck with them and and that's how it is but it's not easy being on the east coast being attacked by Giants Jets Patriots fans even there's a lot of Cowboys fans over here as well yeah yeah I'm sure it's not easy they're they're very vocal fans over there on the east coast too it's funny I have the same photo of me from uh, around the same time late 80s it's Halloween and I've got the full Joe Montana Halloween costume that's the number 16 the pants the the plastic (laughs) helmet Awesome. Just just like Tom Brady, huh? And actually, I see you passing it down. Is that your daughter in your avatar photo? 
with the it Niners is, it is. hoodie on? I am, abso- I am absolutely passing it down to my daughter. So, you know, she's got her own little 49ers gear as such as well, too. So, you know, she, she enjoys actually watching a little bit with me. She'll come in, daddy, football, you know, things like that. So she'll come and sit and watch. But, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to pass it down to her. So I saw you with Grant on YouTube, Grant Cohn, talking about the 49ers mm-hmm. and some of the latest and OTAs and all the storylines going on right now. And what's interesting to me is some of the the press conference stuff. And most of it is run-of-the-mill and Jimmy Garoppolo, though, he did come off a little. And Jimmy Garoppolo has always been the guy that has the shortest answers ever. Like anytime there's a Jimmy interview on TV or on the radio, I tune in and I kind of like cringe, not because it's, he says anything bad, just because he never says anything because he, he keeps his answers so short. And I'm like, ah, give me something. Give me because I'm like, you know, rolling on the, the post game pressers and, you know, and I want some audio. I want some juicy audio to plug into the podcast or something. And his are always so short. I, I always want to have more quarterback audio than I do when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. But he, it seems like his comments just had a little more edge a little more pointed did you get that vibe too yeah I absolutely did you know when he repeats the the term I'm here to do what I do which is win games it, it almost felt like a basically just letting people know I'm still here ready to play I'm still the guy that's won all of these games and and to me I think that's a great sign if somebody in any sort of job that you have they get someone to replace you whether that's this year or next year wouldn't you be a little bit razzed or a little bit jazzed up? And I think that that's exactly what I got from that. Very, very short answer is the same thing, you know, very rehearsed and very much like Jimmy Garoppolo. But those statements, they come off with a little bit more edge, and that's good. I mean, that's that's exactly what you wanted, and that's what you were hoping he would bring once you found out that Trey Lance was the pick. So, And let's be real, Jimmy Garoppolo has every right to be completely pissed off. And, and I think he's channeling that in the right place, which is only good for the 49ers and good for 49ers fans because that means you're, you're, you know, one of your quarterbacks is going to be even better than he was already going to be in Jimmy G and come in, came in a little bulked up. Maybe that, uh, that month from March through – two months now, March through uh, – May now he's probably hit the weight room maybe a little extra a little harder wants to stay healthy a little stronger he wants to look big next to that 6'4 226 pound draft pick that the 49ers brought in I want to talk more about Trey Lance too but the Jimmy Garoppolo angle is fascinating because of the veteran player that he is he's not going to give up the job easily but he kind of knows he's coming into the last year with the 49ers most likely so he's playing for a job somewhere else but they're ready to win too it's one of the oddest situations i can remember for a team that was that had the number three pick in the draft you know what's funny about it too is he said hey you know they they pick they pick trey lance at three kind of lets you know the writing's on the wall but if i play well enough maybe i can wreck those plans there's something along those lines and i think that that was really indicative of what his mindset is going to be and, and again 49er fans should be excited he's taking this and at least saying everything the right way whether it's reaching out to trey early on whether it's the way that he's reacted to this he seems to be reacting to it in a way that's it's lighting his competitive fire and 49er fans should be excited about that because if he plays well no matter what whether you want to talk about trade value or not if he plays well the 49ers are going to win games and that's what you really should be locked in on right now yeah absolutely I, I love the mindset that he's coming in with a little chip on his shoulder maybe I think that helps everybody and the better the quarterback plays no matter who it is the better for the 49ers better for his trade value if the 49ers want to move him if Trey Lance does show that he's ready but I think one of the biggest things about Trey Lance is I, in a lot of ways it's up to Trey Lance when he's ready he kind of has to play because of the assets the 49ers poured into bringing him in but I can't envision that happening early. And just seeing the mindset that Jimmy Garoppolo came in with, like if Garoppolo's playing like I think he could and he's healthy, 
I don't see a really good spot for Trey Lance being able to come in and, and win that job this season. And But I don't think that's best for Trey Lance's development for him to sit all year either. So that's going to be fascinating. I, I can't wait to see how this all plays out. And it's not going to be a short-term thing where we're only talking about an OTAs and training camp. It's going to be every week, all week long that we're talking about this stuff. Absolutely. And that was the, the double-edged sword that came with all of this, right? Jimmy Garoppolo plays, then Trey Lance sits. But Trey Lance has been sitting for a year. And people say that they want his development to get better by sitting. I didn't really, I didn't really agree with that. That doesn't really make much sense to me because now you're talking about two years of it. But if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing well, you cannot turn it over right away. This is this is not a Miami situation where it boils down to, hey, Fitzpatrick's playing well. Let's just turn it over to two to see what we got. No, this team really has aspirations to be deep in January. And if Jimmy Garoppolo's playing well, you don't mess with that at all. Now, the only way that this does turn over to Trey Lance is if God forbid there's an injury or if God forbid Jimmy struggles. So it's really going to be interesting and like you said this is going to be a week-to-week thing if Jimmy Garoppolo struggles in one game the noise gets louder but if Jimmy Garoppolo can play well for an extended period of time he can knock those voices out and continue to, to build because you're right I think he is playing for his his not his career but his title as a starting quarterback in this league and that's very valuable and that's the part that people miss it sometimes yeah yeah and and I definitely wouldn't be would you be shocked if Jimmy Garoppolo came out and had the best year of his NFL career I would not. And honestly, that's what the 49ers fans should be hoping for. Again, if he plays well, one, it boosts his trade value, but two, the 49ers win games. And at the end of the day, 49ers fans should just be on board with that. And I thought there was more there with Jimmy last year coming into the year. Obviously, he got hurt early in the season, but I thought we hadn't seen peak Jimmy in 2019. And I don't think the 49ers necessarily thought they did either. I thought another year, because remember, 2019 is still the only full year in the NFL that Jimmy Garoppolo's had. Like, we can't forget about that. We talk a lot about the inexperience of Trey Lance. Jimmy was in the same boat, even though he's, what, 29 years old. And I thought there was another level he could have hit. And we might see that level with Jimmy Garoppolo this year. And and that's just going to make the whole thing even harder for trying to get your number three pick on the field. And who knows? Like, maybe he even plays so well that he's still around next year at this time and the starting quarterback. And then we do this all again next summer (laughs) and have a a competition uh, as a starting. I mean, that would be crazy. Honestly, I don't. Kyle Shanahan we'll just have a full head of gray hair if that happens to like I think he's maybe underestimated how much pressure this is going to be for him because uh, you know we, we talked about Grant Cohen a minute ago like Grant Cohen asking him <laughs> questions every day through training camp with every little thing you know at some point it's going to get old and probably start to weigh on all three of the guys I'm talking about Kyle Shanahan the head coach and of course the two quarterbacks in Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo because it's going to be nonstop, and that's why the saying goes when you have two quarterbacks you really have none because it makes it things so difficult for everybody so on paper, having a quarterback competition, uh, you know, a big name quarterback that makes a lot of money and a high draft pick on paper looks good for the future of your quarterback position. But there's so many other factors that comes with that. Absolutely. And and that's the same exact thing that we were just talking about. So as 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 this goes on and as this plays out, you know, I think Jed York saying we wouldn't mind. Trey sitting two years kind of gives himself an out with Jimmy Garoppolo one to boost his trade value and keep the appearances up but if Jimmy Garoppolo does play well then he can point back to that time and say hey I told you guys that he might sit for two years now is that going to be good for Trey Lance we can debate that until we get blue in the face and that's going to be the interesting part of it but yes the 49ers you know if you thought that the the center of the NFL football world was the number three pick it's going to be what's going on with Trey and Jimmy week to week, I think. And and people are just going to continue to dig into that. And it's going to be something that's a constant conversation. So it's up to Jimmy Garoppolo to block out that noise and play as, as best he can. And like he said, let the chips fall where they may and, and control what you can control. So if Jimmy Garoppolo goes out there and plays well, then everything else will take care of itself, I believe. 
All right, I want to talk a little bit more about Trey coming up, maybe a little Kyle, maybe a little Fred. Uh, there's already been one big injury to the 49ers roster, so I think we've got to talk about the running back position a little bit as well. Coming up with Jason Aponte. Got a new diet, trying to get back into shape, and something that always fits into any diet I'm trying to do can give me energy throughout the day, can be a little snack, can be a meal replacement if I need it to be, high in protein, low in sugar, that's the key, it's what you're looking for in a healthy snack, and you can find them at BuiltBar.com. High protein, low sugar, low calorie snack, you can feel good about and taste fantastic. No skimping on flavor when it comes to Built Bar's They're the best tasting protein bar on the market, but they are healthy too, which is exactly what I have a feeling you're looking for. And if you're not sure exactly which flavor to try or you haven't tried them all and you just want more flavors, build yourself a box of Built Bars or maybe find one of their limited edition flavors that can pop up at any time. Many bars have only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of of net carbs, even good for a keto diet. And best of all, you can save 15% using promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Just go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes, models, it is now impossible to stock All the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer? You can't see what he's looking at. He's looking at this screen, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. Then you got to come back and wait for the part to even get there. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket with an endless supply of everything you need for your vehicle. I'm always blown away at how much they have in stock at rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are always the same for everybody and are always reliably low. Just let them know that Locked On sent you. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, so Kyle Shanahan, we heard him speak from OTAs, what he's seen in his rookie quarterback in Trey Lance. Uh, we've you know, seen a couple of clips of him throwing with Jimmy G. I don't know how much you can take from OTAs, probably not much, but it's all we've got right now. So we're looking at statistics like uh, you know, how many passes hit the turf. Trey Lance threw an interception, which he didn't do for the entirety of his 2019 season at North Dakota. Anything you took away from what Kyle Shanahan said about Trey Lance's performance so far uh, after donning a, a 49ers uniform for a couple of weeks yeah it's funny because the otas were open to media only one day so you you really don't want to have anything where trade looks vulnerable in any way or in any way struggles so i think that they kind of kept it very easy when it came to 11 on 11s i think the bulk of what happened was on seven on sevens and that's where i believe he threw the interception if they went on 11 on 11s i believe jimmy garoppolo went two for two and trey lance went two for three but what kyle shanahan said after he was asked you know is trey everything that you want 
he said, as a person, yes, and everything else that he does on field is there. And he goes, he's just going to work. And he really didn't give too much of an answer. And and I think that that's protecting him. You know, the first day of, of rookie minicamp, again, he didn't really ask him to do too much. He made sure that all the throws were right there in front of him so no one can write about, hey, Trey Lance struggled here or there. And the same thing kind of happened yesterday as well, too. I think he understands that this is going to be a project. But I, I wanted to touch on something that you said earlier. I think he is kind of underestimating the pressure of having Trey Lance there and how many questions he's going to have to deal with. And I think that he just thinks hey listen you know it's gonna go away I don't think it's ever gonna go away and these questions are gonna fester the entire time so I think that he did underestimate it a little bit but as far as what he was saying about Trey it kind of went off as generic and just hey the kids the kids learning and and he's moving I didn't really take too much from what he said about Trey Lance yeah Kyle is already looking a lot older than he did when he took the job just four (laughs) years ago and it happens to head coaches in the NFL and it happens to presidents of the United States it's just the way it goes but Kyle's going to age a lot with this whole process and and that's uh, one of the fascinating parts of this whole thing is Kyle and John getting together and deciding to make this huge move I wonder how many people they ran that by first because it's such a huge move and and it's it's awesome because these guys are aggressive and they have the guts to make a move like that but i wonder if like they're like oh yeah you know what shoot i didn't think about it's gonna be every single day now oh my gosh i mean just that month leading up to the draft was nothing compared to what it's gonna be like with media in his face because he didn't have to talk to the media every day about all this stuff every day in training camp every time they lose a game if jimmy garoppolo makes a bad play throws an interception if jimmy gets nicked a little bit you know um, man, it's the big story, not only locally, this is a national story too. So this is going to be on all the big shows, NFL Network and ESPN nonstop. So um, buckle up. It's made for TV, this whole thing, like the drama of a quarterback competition with the high profile team and the high profile players. I'm sure HBO wishes the 49ers were the hard knocks team this year. How amazing would that be for them? And and man, that would be really cool to see that peek behind the curtain for 49ers fans. But uh, training camp is going to be its own thing. We're going to get to we're going to see the soft knocks version, as I call it, on 49ers.com <laughs> when they do their own thing, which is always a lot yeah. of fun. I like that. Yeah. What is it? Uh, brick by brick. You know, I think yeah. that a lot of the a lot of the pressure that's going to come from this is less about picking from three but is about jumping up to three like if the 49ers were at three because of their own record I don't think that there's as much on this but when you make that aggressive move from 12 to three now this is going to get picked apart now this is going to be a talking point for the entire time if the 49ers were four and 12 and were sitting at three on their own volition and how they played that's one thing and you take Trey Lance there but to move from 12 to three I think that's really what's going to be the the driving force of the discussion that's going to be happening all season that's well said. Yeah, being at number three and earning that spot is so much different than than trading up there. And then you have the other quarterbacks that they didn't take too. So that'll always be second guessed. So yep. th- there's there's just a number of ways that this is going to be second guessed. And, and even when Jimmy's out of town and, and Trey Lance is the starter, whenever that happens, then there's still the other quarterbacks that people will be watching and people had their favorites, you know, Mac Jones and Justin Fields. So that, that's going to continue. It's going to continue all offseason long and probably like – I don't want to overstate it all career long, literally for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. This is a career defining move. But the other part of it is that, man, when you see Trey Lance out there wearing the uniform and he's tall and big and he's got a cannon arm and obviously there's going to be things to work on. And you wouldn't expect a 21 year old who played one season at the FCS level to be amazing from this first day of OTAs. But it sounds like he's just got his head screwed on so well that he's showing out more like you would think uh, he would with that resume and you hear George Kittle talking about that he look doesn't look like a rookie which is I, I think a, which is probably the best sign of anything like I don't care if he's throwing the ball all over the place and, and bouncing passes to guys if it's too big for you you're screwed from jump I think that's the most important thing for a rookie quarterback coming into the NFL 
Yeah, and I think that was the deciding factor when it came to, you know, mm-hmm. Kyle picking play, you know, one of these players was his smarts and how he carries himself, calling out calling out his own protections and things like that. I think that the kid is ready on that level. And I think that that's all part of their evaluation process. Now, do I have anything to base that off of outside of my own opinion? No, but I think that that's really what was the tipping point was the smartest part of it. And then when you hear George Kittle say he looks a little bit more than a rookie, I agree with you 100%. It's really about can a 21-year-old com- come in and command a team that is built to continue with sustained sustain success and go deep into January, will those guys look into his eyes and say, we believe, will those guys rally around them? Because you have to remember this roster, the only real taste of success that many of these people have had is with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. So many of them are not, I don't want to say they're behind him, but they, they have a soft spot for him and they, they don't want to just see him go. So many of these guys were here before Jimmy Garoppolo. They remember the dark days with Jim Tom Sula and Chip Kelly. And then when they, he comes over, he plays one full year, they go to the Super Bowl. So a lot of those guys are going to be behind him on that just based off of that alone. One week from today, it will be June 2nd. Will the 49ers have a new wide receiver in town? If you had to put money on it, would you say you got to put it all on either yay or nay? Do the 49ers trade for Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones? I don't think they do. And it's not because they're not going to try. I don't think they do. I think that uh, Atlanta is looking to move from them because you have to move on from Julio. And you have to remember, they still don't have enough money to sign Kyle Pitts, any of the guys that they drafted. So that's another reason. I believe they have some crazy number of like $300,000 in in fake cap money or or in monopoly money, which is the cap space and, and how it's manipulated. I don't think that it is to the 49ers, honestly. I see them moving him away from the NFC, moving him to an AFC team. Tennessee kind of screams as a place that will absolutely work. They are kind of decimated when it comes to who they lost at wide receiver. Lost Corey Davis, brought in Josh Reynolds, drafted Des Fitzpatrick, who's solid, but realistically, and they lost John Smith actually too. So it realistically would be something along the lines of A.J. Brown, Julio Jones with Ryan Tannehill and, and Derrick Henry. That one kind of jumps out to me. And a dark horse is the Colts. I, I mean, that, that team is ready to go immediately. And they have, you know, Michael Pittman and, and T.Y. Hilton. But I just think that for some reason, and again, not basing this on anything but my own opinion, I think that they move him out of the NFC and get him to, to the AFC. Yeah, the big question is, is there enough teams that are willing to, to bid a little bit, to bid out of the 49ers range? Because obviously the 49ers can't possibly do a first rounder because they don't have one for the next two years. But would the 49ers be willing to do a two? And is that all it would take? Will, will a team pony up more? And, not, you know, when you when you hear about the cap situation that the, the Falcons are in, you can't even sign your own rookies. That, that means they've got to move them quickly after the June 1st deadline. And that means that they, I guess, you know, they have a month, you know, you got to get your guys signed before training camp at least, but you don't have a lot of bargaining leverage because teams know you have to move this player. So I think a team is going to get a bargain in Julio Jones. And if you're going to get a bargain, we've seen the 49ers be willing to give away assets that's that's not a bargain and overpay for things you know Kyle Shanahan loves him some Julio Jones and he's said the words you know uh, uh I, I always get the quote exactly wrong but it's essentially he's like when Julio Jones is available you go get Julio Jones essentially absolutely so Julio Jones you know, is available right so I got to imagine if it's on top of that maybe a bargain for what the picks are that you have to send to Atlanta like I don't see how the 49ers aren't at least in on it but Obviously, at a certain point, they can't really go there from uh, 
you know, they can they can work it out. I'm sure under the cap, but they can't go there from a draft picks perspective. If, if another team's willing to you know do a one, which I would say they shouldn't do anyway. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing. If they never moved up to three, and then you know, then it's I think it's pretty much a done deal that Julio's there. Mm-hmm. So realistically, what can the 49ers offer? A second, maybe another one of those compensatory picks that they got for the Mayhew signing or the or the Sala signing. But is that enough to get it done? And one of them was already tossed in for the for the trade pick. So that's what's the interesting part. I think the concerns don't come in with money because, as we know, things can be moved around. And if Julio's going to a contender, I'm certain that he would be fine with moving his his money around. So it's really not about that. It's even less about the injuries as well. I think that's a little bit overstated as well, too. Last year, he missed nine games. The first the three years before that, I think he played every single game. Still an elite wide receiver, top five wide receiver in this league, even at the age of 32. I just don't know if the 49ers have enough draft capital to get it done, and especially when it comes to teams that are really desperate at the position, like a, like a Tennessee Titans or maybe a Colts who they think can push them over the top, and they have to deal with firepower in their conference with the Bills and the Chiefs and things like that. So. It's going to be very interesting to see how it goes. I just don't know if the 49ers have enough to get it done. All right, one more question I have for you when it comes to Julio Jones. I want to talk a little bit about All-Pro Fred and talk a little bit about the the 49ers running back situation now with the injury to Jeff Wilson next. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, full swing. There's something there all season long, all summer long to bet on, but we've got NHL and NBA playoffs happening. Those are always super fun to bet on as the summer gets started. UFC, MMA action, we've got golf tournaments, we've got horse racing. There's no end to things. You can bet on at betonline.ag. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop, mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Reality TV, award shows, you name it. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams are in their playoff Runs. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today, betonline.ag, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. One of the arguments I've heard against the 49ers trading for Julio Jones is that they don't run three wide receivers enough. You have Brandon Ayuk, you have Debo Samuel. Why would you go get another wide receiver when the offense is built around running the ball so much and you have George Kittle? You don't need three wide receiver sets. What are your thoughts on that, Jason? So they run it at the the lowest rate, I believe, or the second lowest rate in the league, which is about like 44% or something like that. And the other thing is, too, is that George Kittle lines up in the slot a ton. So it's a pecking order. And if Julio Jones does come over, I do believe that there will be someone who suffers. Now, who suffers as far as snap counts goes? Probably, in my opinion, Debo Samuel. But here's the thing. This is what I think that that should be the thought process around bringing Julio in. Julio's been a 90-95 snap, a 95% snap guy his whole career. If you're going to have him for three years, you're going to have him, you probably have to dial him back a little bit when it comes to those snaps. So maybe if he goes down to 60, 65% and he allows that flexibility of, okay, you could be on the field with Debo here and there and they can switch things up. I think the, the goal should be getting Julio Jones through the three years of his deal and keeping him fresh for when you really need him when it comes down to primetime game or primetime games and postseason games and things like that. So yeah, they don't run a lot of three wide receiver sets, but who's to say that Kyle Shanahan wouldn't switch that up a lot more, honestly. And think mm-hmm. about this. 
that same thing could be said. Remember when when he was the offensive coordinator for Washington, that he grafted his playbook to RG3. So there's nothing to say that Kyle Shanahan won't change what he'll do, especially if it's talking about getting Julio Jones. So I would see an uptick in three wide receiver sets, but you could also see a world where keeping him and Debo Samuel fresh to have them for postseason runs and dialing them back a little bit is also in play. So I think it's going to be interesting. I don't think that's the reason why they wouldn't trade for him, but I do think that Kyle Shanahan would change the way that he's normally been running it because remember the, the wide receiver room wasn't as deep. Remember, we're not talking about Julio Ayuk and Debo. We were talking about Ayuk, Debo and like Kendrick Bourne. So that's not the same thing at all. So I think you do have to find a way to get those three guys on the field. Absolutely. Yeah. Put your best 11 on the field and, and, make your 11 better by bringing in someone that's as and Julio's a a difference making type of player too. So if you can make it work and with uh, compensation and, and look, I'm usually the type that wouldn't be into that kind of thing. Uh, but, uh, especially after they've moved up with all of those picks, but, uh, he can be a difference making player and we've seen Kittle, how often he's been injured in his career. Debo, same story. We saw the gadgety nature of Debo Samuel. I think he would be amazing in the slot and be able to do so many things with him, too, and utilize him in a ton of ways, a pitch count on both him and Julio Jones as well. I mean, you're one injury away from running Richie James out there as a starter, you know, and I like, I'm as big a Richie James fan as there is out there, but you have to realize that you're one play away from that. So I think the three wide receivers thing is not even remotely a reason to not trade for for Julio Jones. So I feel like you you feel similar to me on that one. All pro Fred, one to ten, what level of worry are you about his current contract situation? One. I, I'm or, not or zero. Worried, you can throw a zero in there if you want to. Oh yeah, zero. Yeah, absolutely zero. I mean, when you hear Fred talk about, hey, you know, it, I think it was more actions that I go off of words. Fred's always going to say all the right things, but him showing up to OTAs when he doesn't have to, and be, being the only one who actually practiced fully. George Kittle kind of was on the side. There were a bunch of people that that weren't at, going as hard as as Fred. Fred Fred's not worried about it. Kyle Shanahan said that he wants him to be a 49er for life. These things weren't being said about DeForest Buckner at the time. What uh, this late in the process. It just wasn't. So I'm listening to what they're saying. I'm watching what Fred's doing. Fred did not seem worried about it at all. If he is worried about it, he's doing a great job of keeping it to himself. But I'm not worried about it. This team will get it done. And and I think that it's going to happen sooner than later. It's amazing. He's such a pro. And I can't remember a 49er. You'd have to go back to Frank Gore, Patrick Willis. And I'm not even talking about talent-wise. I mean, you're going back to like Bryant Young and Jerry Rice just for how plug and play Fred Warner is like you do not have to worry about him at all if you're the 49ers coaches and they sleep so well at night knowing that they've got that guy who's got the headset in his ear right and he's relaying the plays and they know he can do everything they need him to do on the football field and cover and he doesn't miss games and, and he's been healthy throughout his career and he's just so rock solid doesn't make any waves at all going into a contract year, showing up to OTAs. I mean, he is the least maintenance player I can ever remember being a 49er, and he has to make them sleep so well at night, which is why he's going to get a whole big, gigantic contract. Right, absolutely. And I think that this is going to be the best year that he's ever had, uh, considering that D'Amico is going to be taking over. Former linebacker knows that he can trust him. I think that if you saw things on his plate last year that you didn't see, you're going to see a lot more this year. And, and the sky's the limit this year. If you thought he was all pro Fred last year, I think that Fred's year this year, I can predict is going to be even better just based off of D'Amico being the play caller and trusting him so much. What do you think about the 49ers running back group? Do you think that it was like a genius stroke of them drafting two running backs now, seeing Jeff Wilson get hurt? And it's like it's almost like a reminder, like, oh, yeah, running back get, running backs get hurt so much. You need to start the year with like nine of them so that way you can finish the year with three or four. 
to me, the Jeff Wilson injury has sort of just stacked up the depth chart almost too, almost too neatly where you have, you know, uh, a one and a two that perfectly complement each other with Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon. Then you've got your third down type of running back and a veteran that you can trust in Wayne Gallman is the number three. And then uh, another rookie who's explosive as your running back four that can definitely make the roster. Then you got a, a Jamichael Hasty that can do a ton. And I love Jamichael Hasty. He could do a ton for you. And maybe you stash him on the practice squad. I think that's a really nice unit. And then you get some midseason boost from Jeff Wilson once he's healthy again, if any of those guys get hurt. So I, I love the way this running back group is shaping up for the 49ers. Absolutely. And you talked about it. At first, I didn't really understand it because the 49ers, for me, they needed wide receivers that they could trust. And and you like you said, one injury away from things getting a little bit hairy. But now it, it, this seems like you said, a genius stroke. So Trey Sermon profiles as a back that the 49ers haven't had since like a Frank Gore, almost like a workhorse type, a bruiser. They haven't had that since him. You know, and a, another thing is, is I think that when they drafted two running backs, they drafted them with the ideas that, listen, Raheem Mostert is not under contract next year. Neither is Jeff Wilson. Now, Elijah Mitchell profiles much more like a Raheem Mostert. And like we just talked about, Trey Sermon is a guy who can be the bruiser. So it just moves everybody up a notch. And when you listen to Kyle Shanahan talk about it, because they, they asked him about it after the draft and said, hey, you know, two running backs. Yes, depth is wealth. And he was talking about injuries and not having what happened last year because, like you said, few injuries, then all of a sudden you're back to starting Jermichael Hasty, which nothing against him. It's just do we know that he can handle the, the entire workload and do we know that he can perform when things are, are pushed on him? So, again, it didn't look good then, but now it looks good right now. I mean, it doesn't look good because obviously what happened to Jeff Wilson is horrible. I don't mean to say it in that way, right, no. but it definitely it definitely is good for the roster and it's definitely good for the depth chart now that you know that you've insulated so many people. I didn't think Wayne Gallman was going to make it onto this roster based on him not having guaranteed money. He's a lock now at this point, especially with the injury. Yeah, and I think you have to trust, uh, especially with a rookie quarterback, you need to make sure you have – that running back that can pass protect too and and rookies that's usually the the biggest thing they need to work on coming into their careers so third downs i think wayne gallman's going to get a ton of work you know who's losers in all this and they usually are when it comes to fantasy football drafts is those fantasy football players because kyle shanahan loves him a, a running back by committee and the 49ers have a big one right now i'm not touching any of these shanahan running backs but so what you do in fantasy fantasy drafts, I don't know if you're big into fantasy football, Jason, but basically you let somebody else draft the first Shanahan running back and then you draft the second or third and then you end up profiting at some point during the year after the first guy gets hurt. Absolutely. I'm huge into fantasy football. That's actually how I got into 49ers analysis. It kind of shifted from that straight into this. But I agree with you. When I when people ask me about advice for the 49ers, it's always take the free one. Who's the free one at the end of your draft yep. that no one's taking? So if Trey Serm is there in the 12th, 13th round and you, you've already filled out your roster, that's the flyer you take. You want to take a shot on Elijah Mitchell? That's the flyer you take at the end of the draft. But you're absolutely right. That's the point. You know, you let somebody else draft Raheem Mostert in the sixth when, you know, when, if, you know, hopefully not he gets injured, then you profit with the with what happened with you at the end of your draft, honestly. So I think that you're you're spot on with that take. That is Jason Aponte. You can find him on Twitter at Jason Aponte2103. Check him out on his YouTube channel. Uh Jason, where else can the listeners find your content? Because you're kind of all over the place. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you know, Twitter's the best way to, to to get in touch with me if you guys want to talk. YouTube channel, that's cool. I mean, I have the uh, Sprint Right Option podcast with Andrew Pasquini that we do once and twice a week on uh, Blue Wire Hustle. So you guys can check us out wherever you guys get your podcasts. And Brian, thank you again for, for having me on. This is a great thrill. I had a blast here talking with you, man. This is uh, This is a really cool moment for me. 
Yeah, it was fun. You were one of the first names that listeners brought up when I asked on Twitter who they wanted me to have on the show. So I appreciate you jumping on with me. It was a super fun conversation, and let's do it again. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Thanks again to Jason. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back tomorrow with George Shahuri of Pro Football Focus. Not only a PFF analyst, but a 49ers fan. Talk to you then right here, Locked On 49ers.